18 year old man who allegedly shot and killed 10 well he shot and killed 10 people saturday afternoon in buffalo new york was motivated by hate authorities said targeting a supermarket in the the heart of a predominantly black community 11 of the 13 people shot by the white suspect at the top's friendly market were black officials said among the victims who ranged from the ages uh 20 to 86 were people grocery shopping a heroic former police officer who who tried to stop the gunman and a long-term substitute teacher and teacher and taxi driver who took pride in helping people uh this was pure evil erie county sheriff uh, john garcia said calling the shooting a straight up racially motivated hate crime from somebody outside of our community the u.s department of justice is investigating the shooting as a hate crime and active racially motivated violent extremism uh, according to attorney general merrick garland Peyton S. Gendron of Cookland, New York, has been charged with first-degree murder. Um, Erie County District Attorney John Flynn said on the Saturday news release, he has pleaded not guilty because he a hoe and more charges are expected. Gendron's defense attorney told CNN Tuesday he would not issue a statement now. This been named Peyton Gendron. You know he was a bitch. But... When the suspect arrived at the store around 2.30 p.m., he was heavily armed, wearing tactical gear, including a tactical helmet, along with a plated armor. Buffalo P Police Commissioner Joseph Garmagilla Gar said and had a camera that was live streaming his actions. He's actually live, live streaming through his Twitch channel. He used an assault weapon, um, Flynn said during the news conference. The suspect shot four people outside the grocery store, three fatally, Flynn said in his news release. When he entered the store, he exchanged fire with an armed security guard who authorities said was a retired Buffalo police officer. The security guard died of his injuries. The suspect shot eight more people in the store, six of whom died, the uh, release said. Now, he, it was one white person that he was he said he was sorry to that he stepped over and didn't shoot and all that stuff. Confronted by the police, the suspect shooter took off some of his tactical gear and surrendered per Buffalo police. And they didn't shoot him. They took him alive. But we all know that. The suspect's plan to continue his shooting rampage beyond the top supermarket. Uh, saying there was some documentation. He had a whole manifesto, a whole manifesto laid out of the who, what, where, when, why, and how, what he wanted to do. So, um, you know, so that's a little quick summary of what happened with that. Um, he he was somebody with a documented, um, like really documented um diagnosed mental uh mental instability and he was still able to buy firearms in new york now i saw some article somebody's talking about how I, I think i think people ask questions and i get it the emotion but ask some of the most irrelevant questions somebody mm -hmm. uh put up a meme how can an 18 year old um in new york living with his grandma uh be able to buy a five thousand dollar rifle the motherfucker might have had a job to save this money grandma might have gave him his money he might have you never know where the money could come from just because he lived with his grandma don't mean he can have five thousand dollars that's an irrelevant question the better question would be black people how are we going to protect ourselves better moving forward because right now right now right now the next day may 15th the next day somebody could have ran up in the Piggly Wiggly here on Southside and Tallahassee and did the same thing because nothing changed. And like, so I get, I I do agree that the the question is not in this moment very valuable, but I get people asking where the resources came from.
to get this. But that's like, like I said, like I agree with you. That's not a for us as black folk who were targeted. The question has to be, how can we not be soft targets? Right, because I mean, I'm not. I I can't. I can't concern myself with, with where he got the resources from. He got them. So what are we going to do to make sure we're not future victims? Like, hey, hey, I got an idea. Amanda Gorman is going to write a poem. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's yeah. We talked about that though. It's going to be a lot the of. What are you writing a poem for? A Who lot of cares talking. Your, how is your poem going to help the the family of the victims? Of this Buffalo shooting. How is your poem going to help us stay alive? We, look, no disrespect to anybody. If you take it like disrespect, whatever. We got a lot of irrelevant uh, occupations out here that we give, that we put on pedestals. Like, I'm not saying art and poetry don't have its place. But it don't have its place right now. Nobody cares about your poem right now. Okay? Nobody cares about your poem. Well, it has a place in terms of galvanizing the masses and cementing current events into history, but it doesn't have a place in terms of the conversations that need to be had. Because a and lot of these things are coming from the perspective of if people could feel what we feel or if people could just understand. And, and that's, to me, that's the mistake right there. You're assuming that they give a damn you, when they the consistently of a show you they don't. That's the lack of an understanding of how the world really works. The world is really violent. This was another means of maintenance of white supremacy. And I mean, Buddy, if I'm remembering the, the same story, Buddy shot his grandma in the face before he left. So it was beyond that as well. Yes, he targeted black folk, and he meant to target black folk, but he did shoot and kill his grandma. Well, I don't know if she did. She might. I think they say she died. Um, I think they say she died. But I mean, he shot her in the face before he left. Like he shot her in the face. Yeah, his grandma. You know how mad you gotta be? How disgruntled? How out of your non-happy place you gotta be to shoot a motherfucker in the face? And then the video clips. And again, I point everything back to uh, our, our brother, Professor Carlton Jones, did a whole show on this shooting, the tactical, the all of that other stuff. And he actually did a really good job breaking it down and summarizing um, a lot of the things that were going on. So I don't want to harp. I don't want to kind of repeat what he said, but I do think you should go check out his show. Um, but. This is a situation where, I'll say this, this is a situation where ever since Trump got elected, I know when the Black Identity Extremist report came out from the FBI, everybody was talking about that. The little known discussion that was also a part of that was there was actually a report on white identity extremists. It wasn't called that, but it was a report on white extremists. Yeah. And they were investigating over a thousand different white extremist groups. Yes, and the white domestic terrorism. Right. And it appears to have done nothing. 
So this is one of them situations where I agree with what you said earlier. We really got to look at it and figure out how can we defend ourselves? Because if they're investigating these people, if they're aware of these people, and these people are still given the latitude and the freedom to do what they do, then look, apparently we need to do something else. The summer killings of black people is right on time. Black people get killed by white folk in the summertime. Well, well, I, well. Let me let me restate that. It gets publicized, right? It gets sensationalized in the news when white when white people kill black people in the summertime because it's, it's happening. Now, um, it's you know, I don't know it's anything else COVID. to say. Yeah, I don't know anything else to say. But how do we defend ourselves better? I hear all the I I I hear what everybody else is saying. I. I but to me, it's irrelevant and it's not helping. And it's insane to continue to do the same things over and over and over and then go back into our communities and do nothing, change nothing, try to put nothing in place to make sure we keep ourselves safe. We keep operating as individuals. Now, of course, we know we speaking on death is for the most part, but I'm just, hell, I got to get out. We got the podcast and I'm getting it off my chest. Damn it. But. I mean, there's, 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 we keep talking about Black Wall Street. What did we do about it? We talk about what happened in Wilmington. What did we do about it? We talk about what happened in Rosewood. What did we do about it? Oh, what happened just recently? What happened to George Floyd? What did we do about it? Like, what are we doing about whenever white folk decide that they want to remind us who's in charge? What do we do about it? We start on the black workout plan. Start marching and protesting. No, like it has its place, but we use it as the main weapon. So that, that's that's like that's like your opponent has a rocket launcher, and you run to the fight with a pocket knife. Good luck. Yeah, I mean the the old adage, bringing a knife to a gunfight. I mean. A knife has its place, but not in that place. Right. Not in the gunfight. Not in the gunfight. And it's and it's it's just crazy to me that we continue to do the same things over and over and over and really and then get mad when the results don't change and get mad and have a nerve to actually be visibly, physically, emotionally, psychologically upset. Because nothing's changed. Because white people, white people ain't listening to us. Like, stop writing open letters to white people. Stop it. <laughs> it's not working. It's stupid. You look stupid. You sound stupid writing open letters to people who continue continue to show you in their actions that they will kill you. Let's be clear, though. I, and this is my opinion, like everything I say, unless I got numbers to back me up. People that are writing open letters are not looking for change. They're looking for clout. People that are writing poems, people that are all of these things that we do, people that are organizing marches with no additional plans. We're going to have a town hall sitting. We're going to have a town like, hall meeting. We're going to talk about the Buffalo. All so of these activities. 
people are looking for clout. They're not looking for change. They're looking for change, but it's change for them. They're looking to change the, the amount of uh, uh, digits on their bank account. They're looking to add some commas. They're looking to change where they live, but they're not looking to change the social situations. And that's part of the problem. And I'm not even saying I don't get it. I understand, you know, when you're dealing with lack, it's hard to think about the bigger picture. It's hard to think about, well, how can I make the situation better for everybody and forego just making the situation better for yourself? But that's where culture comes in and all these other things come in. And that's another area where we continue to fail. And we, and we get so caught up in going back to the other stuff, the feelings of everything. If motherfucker make us feel good. You know that, what I'm saying? So Feeling good don't keep you safe. We're doing the people who died in Buffalo, who got murdered in Buffalo. We're doing them and everybody else a disjustice and a disservice if we just sit around and worry about making people feel better. We have to take, we have to take constructive, precise, tactical, strategic action that we can put in place to keep us and our families and our communities safe from terrorists. We know domestic terrorism exists. We've been telling the whole world about white domestic terrorism forever, but yet we still fail to protect ourselves adequately for white domestic ter terrorism. And I, I want to know why, even though I don't really want to know why, but damn it, for the sake of this know, podcast, I want to know. Yeah, why. you know why, because we, we looking to be rescued and we don't even take the shit seriously. You would think after what happened in Buffalo that black folk would be a lot more aware of what was going on around them at the grocery store. You would think, I can run up, right? I can run up in the Piggly Wiggly. Anybody can run up in the Piggly Wiggly in Tallahassee right now and do damage right now. Right. You can run into the black community right now. Bruh. Any black neighborhood and fuck some shit up. The security guard at the Piggly Wiggly is usually some older, out of weight, out of shape person who's there and he's that he or she is in the front in the middle all you got to do come in bam blast them and you got the whole store to yourself and and ain't nobody like again the question for me becomes how do we become hardened targets how do we make it so that it is difficult as right. difficult as possible right for you to do what just happened right right and and forget the symbolism forget the 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 moral stuff and all that trying to make people feel good like like look man look you can continue doing that all you want to but we're going to continue slipping further down the chain as, as a as a people like it's that behavior in my opinion is very unacceptable they are taking physical action against us and we want to take moral action or moral responses to what they're doing to try to appeal to their senses and the morality and the humanity in them when they keep showing you that they're terrorists. Terror, you don't. So, so we're going to say you don't negotiate with terrorists, but you're going to try to reach them in their heart with art, and with suggestions. This, and it's crazy too because. You know, this is just another Dylan Roof situation all over again. You know, a white person walking into a black environment and sparking off shit on the people in there. And I'm even looking at it like I remember, right, growing up in the hood, right, 
if a white person walked in that wasn't familiar, everybody was watching them. Yep. Like, that's what I remember. Like, everybody was watching them. This dude started killing people soon as he got out of the car. Walked in the store and continued killing people. I've, sometimes I, I think we forget we've forgotten who the enemy was because we we've been lulled to sleep by the the idea that by these ideas these how would how do I want to say it? these inflated ideas of what people believe Dr. King was saying and so the idea is you know we're all supposed to get along. Yes, we are all supposed to get along, but there's a little something called racism and dominance. And 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 your ignorance of history is hindering you from understanding that somebody was always in power. There was always a supreme group of people over another. It's always that, that that's what that's what we talk about in history. Like some of the most some of the most famous people and some of the most memorized people in history are because of the dominance and the conquering that they had. We don't talk about Genghis Khan because he was a nice person. We don't talk about Genghis Khan because he helped old ladies across the street or he cut people grass. We talk about Genghis Khan because no other individual conquered as much as the earth as him. That's why we talk about Alexander, because he came in second. And we, why you think the movie 300 and the, they talk about the Persian Empire and all these things? The conquest. African empires did not expand and exist without the conquest of other African people. It happened on the continent. It happened outside the continent. This world has been violent. We have been dominated by white people for over four, five hundred years. So the question for us is... What are we gonna damn it do about it? Like, what what real response are we gonna have for this? None, because we so busy trying to live in the dream that we we and that's the problem, right? Like, we should be nice to each other. We should, but what should happen and what will or what does happen are more often than not not the same thing. There's this thing called reality. And you can only be in it and change it and affect it when you leave the dream. We... <laughs> the truth of the matter is, like you said, racism exists. It's real. The world is not a nice place. And don't nobody care that your feelings are hurt. Look, and, and the crazy part to me is thinking about it if every store in that community said from now on, we're going to pat down every white person that comes in that, in this store, people would lose their fucking minds. Even black people would, lose would be like, minds. that's wrong. Yeah. We shouldn't do this. That's, that's extreme. That's going too far. All white people ain't evil and true. All white people are not evil. And I want to also say that I'm not in no way attacking the victims or the communities. I'm just saying, um, at some point, we've got to do something. But it's true. All white people are not evil. But until I can clearly identify the good ones from the bad ones, I'm going to err on the side of safety. 
Look, you could continue with this we are the world trope if you want to. You can continue refusing to see the world the way it is if you want to, but you're only harming yourself and future generations if you live long enough to see them. Because all you're doing is just making it easier and easier for those who see you as an enemy to eliminate you and destroy you and neutralize you. So keep with the bull. Yeah, the because my my thing with the buffalo, my thing with the buffalo shooting is, I hate that it feels like again. It is again, and then we shouldn't be here. We should, we should. Those people should be alive. One because the 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 cracker shouldn't have done that, but two, I just wish we would have had something better in place to to defend ourselves from a rogue or something like Dylan Roof should have been enough for us to be side eyeing any and everybody to make sure that you know more more black people may have uh firearms and be trained and know how to shoot them that we're working more as a cohesive unit we're not working as individuals we're we we actually value protecting ourselves and in the act of protecting ourselves or in the in yeah in the whole spirit and the climate of it we're not going on social media and showing everybody else our guns and all these things they're like we're we're doing what we need to do to make sure that we keep ourselves safe so something like this doesn't happen again now he he found easy targets easy victims mm-hmm. and took those people out mm-hmm so so once again the question for us is nobody's happy that this happened but for black america or black people in america what are we going to do moving forward to keep ourselves safe and not just as individuals but as communities and collectives and neighborhoods what are we going to do that's all i got to say about that so so uh that's going let's let's let that uh bleed into um, given our thoughts about the the children who were gunned down in the Uvalde shooting in in Texas, uh, another little fuck boy ran ran up in the school. Like when I first when I first heard this, though, I was like, "Who shoots up in elementary school? Who got beef with elementary school kids?" Because <laughs> yeah, like when I first heard, it was like I was in my office and I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking at. Um, I'm going to check our YouTube channel and get the video that I got to post that we uploaded and stuff. You know, you pass by the first page and you see the, the Uvalde shooting and they're showing videos of it. And I'm like, hold up, somebody shot up in elementary school? I'm like, am I reading this right? In elementary school? And so so when all the all the um, evidence and the, and the information come out and we see this little boy, this little teenage boy who's shot up at elementary school, what? What the hell? Yeah, and and the sad part is all of the the rumors and things that have come out since talking about. I heard one saying he was a transgendered. I heard another one saying uh, he was an illegal immigrant. Um, I don't care about none stories of that. coming out saying, "Well, this is all of the way people ways people are trying to spin the narratives." I even heard some some something saying. Um, the elementary schoolers were picking on him and being mean to him. And it's kind of like, so, so he's a whole teenager getting bullied by 
Eight year olds. First of all, why are you in any proximity with elementary school students? Because from my like, from my understanding, like even like here in Tallahassee, elementary school students and middle school students don't even get out at the same time. They rarely are interacting because they stack the times, and they stack mm-hmm. the times for a specific reason. So. Older kids won't be messing with younger kids. So, what are you doing on a regular basis that you are finding yourself surrounded by elementary school kids? And that's again assuming that he actually was interacting with school, elementary school kids. Like to be this dude, there was no manifesto. There was no well, statement as to the reasons. Well, where well, this is saying warning signs were repeatedly mounting in the months before 18-year-old gunmen in Uvalde, Texas opened fire on a classroom of young children and their teachers four days ago, what will become America's deadly school shooting in the decade. So they're saying he had there were warning signs on social no. media. Yeah, people knew that he was going that like he was unstable and something was potentially going to happen with him, but from what I understand, there was no like manifesto of this is what I'm going to do and this is why and this is what I hope will happen and this is why I believe this is necessary. So um, the biggest thing right now is uh, he walked into the door, into the school. Somebody had, I guess, propped the door open and he was able to get into the school that way. Uh, and apparently he was in the school for for an hour before police actually engaged him. Part of it was because the police thought that it was a barricaded shooter situation and he had taken hostages. Um, and now the police department is coming under scrutiny for that because he had been shooting. So the moment you hear gunfire, it's no longer a barricaded shooter situation and you're trying to talk somebody down. Now it's an active situ- shooter situation and you're, and you're trying, trying to get, get in the building. Out. Yeah. Get people out so, of the building and you get in the building. So there are 911 calls from students in the building that were on the phone with 911 operators while the police were outside. And so there's this whole clusterfuck of a situation for what happened with the police response and why was this person allowed to walk around the school with a gun for an hour shooting people? How was he able to get into the school? Well, why? Somebody left the door propped open. I mean that, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I Now, I don't know if somebody held the door open for him to get in. Because I do see that a lot, too. The doors are locked. You're supposed to ring yourself in. Somebody just hold a door for you. Or if somebody actually had the door, like, propped open for yeah. some reason. But both of them. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're not supposed to be happening, but they happen. So, so, of you know me. I, the, it. We got all the evidence from what happened. What are the solutions? What are what are the prevention methods? So I seen one. I seen one post where he had his dad standing out inside in front of the his child's his children's school. He he volunteered to to watch guard at the school. But I'm like, 
if the gun if a gunman came up, he he can take you out. You have no no protection on you. We don't even you you most likely aren't armed because you're on school grounds and you're right. just a, you're just a dad. You're a volunteer, so you're not really you're doing this to make yourself feel good. But and, if it was a get clout. If it right, but if it was a realistic situation, you're unarmed. Look, and this is why I say there are because this is a cultural issue. Yes, there are no immediate solutions. People are talking about armed teachers. Teachers, if you're gonna arm teachers, you gotta train teachers, and we don't want to pay teachers right now. So you're gonna put them in a hazard duty situation. Yeah, they got to be security. As and in addition to all that they're doing right now, like that teachers didn't sign up to be security guards walking around with pistols and all right. this other shit. So that's then okay. So you say okay, well let's put more resources, officers, and more security on. Well, again, I go back to you don't want to pay for education to begin with. Like the argument could be made that had we spent the last 20, 30 years paying for education. We wouldn't be dealing with schools getting shot up now. That is an argument that could be made. Yeah. So then you go into the argument of nobody should be able to buy an assault weapon, which is a completely politically made up term. All right, cool. But that doesn't change from the fact that AR-15s are so popular because they're easy to make, they're easy to mod, and they're easy to, like, you. somebody can build but but, the, but my problem my problem with that is the issue is not the gun it's not the gun it's the person and they're saying well if they didn't have the 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 assault rifles they wouldn't be able to kill as many people so you don't know that much about guns do you but you well, clearly don't know that much about guns the whole thing i was getting at even with that is even if they and then there's the criminality aspect of it Criminals are criminals because they don't follow the law. Like, 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 like that's step one. Anybody that's going to go into an elementary school and shoot elementary school students. You think, you think they're not going to get their hands on what they want. There's an illegal, there's an illegal arms market that's happening. How do you oh, stop that? We got to, we got to, uh, gun control. What about people control? Right. And so I, I get it. I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually, I support background checks should it be easy too. for somebody to get their hands on a weapon no it should not be easy but let's not act like making it harder for people to get their hands on weapons is going to change or fix anything because it's not the people that are like if this dude was dead set on shooting up at elementary school no amount of laws in the world was going to stop him Man. from getting a gun and shooting the elementary shooting up okay. elementary schools Cause I was having a, a mini version of this debate at work, and you know the lady was like, "Well, if they they won't be able to kill as many people, then we would do as much damage without the AR-15s." I was like, "They got handguns that are machine guns now that nobody's talking about. All that somebody has to do is get one of those handguns with that drum on the bottom and run up in there. Okay, you take away my AR-15, but I can I still got an eighty-round drum on the bottom of my handgun." That I've modified to turn to a machine gun. And that goes back to the people missing the whole criminality portion of the discussion. Because even if you do make AR-15s illegal, 
there's still a whole host of modifiable semi-automatic rifles and handguns that can be that can you could put bump stocks on them you could put all kinds of things on them to increase the rate of fire and kill people and even to that the core issue here is not that he had an assault weapon is that he had an hour right that like that's the core issue here you give somebody an hour they can have a knife Right, they're gonna be able to take out 20 30 people because even even the guy with the buffalo shootings, okay, say he didn't have an AR 15, he was still heavily first of all, he he had armor on that gave him an advantage. He had armor on, and okay, he didn't have an AR 15, but he has a he has an AK 47 or he has one of those modified handguns, and he still comes face to face with the um with the security guard. He still has armor on, but he has one of these modified handguns that's a rocket launcher or a flamethrower, whatever they want to. Because I didn't see some stuff on YouTube, and we all have, right? And so he has that weapon that he still has the advantage over the security guard. Even this guy, uh, this, this, the Uvalde shooter being in the school without the AR 15, a modified weapon, you still have the, the advantage. Um, now the advantage is not as great with when they bring out like the SWAT team and stuff. It's like, there's no real advantage other than to be able to bunker yourself and hide because you know they have the same type of stuff uh for the most part. But it's like if we continue to focus on the weapon and never focus on the people and the culture of people who are creating because we we talk about single mothers, we talk about mothers in a black community when it comes to crime and and all these things in the black community. Well, let's start looking at the white women who are birthing these school shooters, these white women who are birthing these mass shooters. What's going on in white culture that white people keep birthing these mass terrorists? It's a cultural issue, like you said. So do movies call violence, cause violence? Cause they try to say video games and rap music. What about the movies? What about the movies? It's like it's like it's like I don't understand how how people can be short so short sighted and not understand the totality of things when they talk about impact. Like an example I would use is Will Smith saying, "Okay, I'm not going to curse in my raps, but I'm a curse and kill people in my music in my movies." Bitch, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. What do you? You're not. Are you stupid? So you mean? So you telling me because you don't curse in your songs, you you cool, but it's okay. But you have a justification for cursing, having sex, and killing people in your movies. It's still the same art that these same people gonna be consuming. Okay. Well, I mean, so yeah. Go ahead. No, just so so we're gonna we're gonna only focus on gun control. We're only we're gonna only focus on this specific group of people. We're gonna only focus on this while ignoring all these all these facts and data that support all these things that contribute to these shooters to these mass shootings happen. We're just gonna ignore all the stuff and only go with the stuff that that we care about as far as how we feel. Well, yeah, y'all ain't serious, right? Because I mean, but to go back to your other point, we see that all the time—the Will Smith thing. How many I can't tell you how many parents I've met that won't let their kids watch movies with cursing in them, but will curse at their kids. Yeah. Like I've met a lot of those parents. Right? And you wonder like, why your kids curse. <laughs> right. Like are are even kids p- parents 
who won't let their kids watch movies with violence and hitting and fighting in them, but spank their children. And, and I'm a big advocate of spanking children, so I don't even get that twisted. But I'm saying, if you don't want your kids to observe hitting behavior, Stay and you hit them, it's the environment, always the environment. The environment, the environment your child grows up in is very, 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 very important. So, so yeah, okay. Because think about it. Think about it. Think about how many people grew up watching the Cosby show, but their environment was totally different. So yes, they see it on TV, but in, in their mind, the Cosby's people black people who are like the Cosby's aren't realistic. That's not real. Yeah, that's not real. Environment matters. That's in that. So, that goes into a whole other conversation right. about this concept of acting and behaving and being white that people keep trying to push back on. Um, but that's another conversation. These, but yeah, but like, go ahead. These environments that a lot of these white people are growing up in are environments that turn out to be, uh, that produce mass terrorism. Well, because at the end of the day, they're spurred into action. While we're spurred in the spurring. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. When 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 a white person gets fired, and I know a lot of people say he's Hispanic, not white. Look, Hispanic is an ethnicity, and right, it's not more than half of them identify as white. So that's why I'm saying white. Um, but when white people get riled up in the action. When they get spurred up, they go do some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they they seek to make change, and that's one of the benefits of growing up in a community with power is that you actually you know that you can create change because your community creates change on a daily basis. You have power. Black folk, we don't understand that concept because we grow up in communities that have no power, so we don't know what change required right right but um but this shooting thing is interesting because it's playing out the same way sandy hook did with 10 years ago with you got the people calling it a false flag those people which alex jones is still uh he just lost his lawsuit over that and now they're going to court to figure out how much he's gonna have to pay um so you got people saying it's a false flag you got people saying we need to stop we need to get rid of guns video games it's the same debate happening all over again where very few people actually sitting down and saying okay let's look at everything let's put everything on the table let's not focus on our favorites or what we think it is right let's look at everything and come up with a comprehensive plan for how to reduce the likelihood of this happening again and a core part of that is going to be conflict resolution started in the early ages of education and continuing all the way up through adulthood. People are not good with dealing with conflict, whether that be emotional conflict, intellectual conflict, whatever kind of conflict that is. If you get to the point where you pull out a gun and shoot somebody, your conflict resolution skills have failed. And it's the same thing with a school shooting. Something in this person was conflicted. Yep. And they didn't know how to deal with that conflict. Yep. 
Yep, and it got to be way beyond him being bullied by elementary school kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah Children I, he shouldn't even be around. I, I have to know if that's true. If it, if man, that is true, that's some whole shit. Bro, I didn't even know what elementary school kids were doing when I was in high school. Bro. I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't even think I knew what elementary school kids sounded like in high school. Like, I had no interaction with elementary schoolers at all. I used to see them in the neighborhood, but I never got close enough to hear they yeah, were. Man, we ain't interacting with no elementary school. So whoever, man, come on, go on with that. But this this young man, just like the um, Buffalo show, they some bitch-ass boys, and they deserve to get everything that come with them. So prosecute well, their ass to the fullest of the extent. Well, at least this dude, this dude actually got killed, though. Yeah, well, that's good. The cops came in and took him out, but the cops still got some explaining to do. Now, me personally, I don't know. I'm not one that believes that had the cops breached immediately, lives would have been saved. Um, We know he had an hour to pick his targets and do this and do that. I'm not going to sit here and say that had the cops breached immediately, he wouldn't have just fired off and started shooting all his rounds out. Right. So... But the cops do have some explaining to do as to why it took them so goddamn long, so long to up. get building. Yeah. Especially it's a it's an elementary school. I mean, now again, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna shut up. I get it from the cop standpoint of especially I, like because we don't know if they heard the shots or not. Um, so we don't know what was going on. I get them being hesitant about storming an elementary school. I get that part. I do. But after 40, you know, after after a while, have you Bitch, you got to do something. You got to right. do something. You got to get your ass up in there, all right? Like, what's going on? Like, 40, 45 minutes y'all sat outside? Like, I'm hey. like, come on. Like, that's... Now we're pushing the boundaries of what's... Stop it. Stop with yeah. the boo-boo. Get off so... the boo-boo. Treat it like anywhere else and get your ass up in there and get them kids out there. But you know All what right. else is interesting? And I, I'm going to say this and be quiet for real. Everybody's all like, we got to do something. This can't keep happening. You know, they really up in arms. Like, these white folks is really up in arms. And I don't blame them. You know, their kids are being killed. How y'all think black people feel? I mean, y'all are killing our kids. Like, yeah. I I was listening to NPR and the lady was like, for those of you that have, this was a, a psychologist. She said, for those of you that are having trouble with speaking to your children about violence and how to deal with gun violence and confrontation and conflict and those things, we have a health, uh, a helpline set up. And I was thinking to myself, God damn, that's just a day in the life of being a black parent. Talking to your kid about violence, conflict, gun violence, and all that other shit. Like, they got a whole helpline set up for these motherfuckers? They, they got organization, too. They got real communities, too. And they got real resources as a whole, too. Yeah. They act as like, one, this too. Shit is crazy. This shit is crazy. Yeah. 